Hello, hello, and welcome again. Today's topic is, I guess, a little bit intense because we are in this situation, this season of increased fear of viral infection, and we are headed into the cold and flu season. So if you're listening to this in retrospect, down the road from now, it's December. It's December 21st. And as we know, really across the country, across the globe, it is cold and flu season. And today we want to talk specifically about certain viruses that are going around and how to protect yourself, as well as autoimmune conditions. And when we're talking about autoimmune, we have to think about modulating the immune function. We have to think about bumping up our innate immune system, that central intelligence in our body that regulates everything from down-regulating your immune system, basically telling those bad soldiers to please don't go out and attack certain organs and certain body parts. If you have Hashimoto's, we need to tell those soldiers, just stay in your barracks, please don't go out and attack the thyroid and slowly destroy it. And then we have that innate immunity to upregulate our immune system to protect us from colds and flus and viruses and parasites. So we're going to get into that today as well as supplements that you can use just to help that process along, the good, the bad, what you might be doing wrong too. And we will dive into all that information. And also please check the show notes for a downloadable guide on supplements that you can use right now. They're everything that we're going to talk about to help your immune system along. So whether it's autoimmunity or whether we're talking about general immunity with cold and flu going into the cold and flu season, that will be for you, I promise. So let's start off. And I I want to mention that I get a lot of my information from the Institute for Functional Medicine, IFM. The Institute for Functional Medicine is a leading organization in the study of functional medicine as it applies to our medical world. So we're kind of overlapping onto conventional medicine. Functional medicine looks for the root cause of a problem. And that's what I practice. I'm a certified functional medicine practitioner. I practice functional medicine because I want to get to the root cause of what is going on in your body. So if you're coming to me with a thyroid problem, that's my specialty. I look at, let's do all the testing. Is it Hashimoto's? Is it just hypothyroidism caused by a downregulation of your thyroid gland? Maybe you on certain medications, um, stress, not enough sleep, um, consistent obsessive dieting, low calories, whatever that might be. We're looking at that root cause. And if that root cause is an autoimmune condition, then we do things that will treat that root cause and optimize your body. So that's what functional medicine is. So I'm using a lot of information from the Institute of Functional Medicine. If you have not looked up their articles, their blogs, I encourage you to do so. So we're going to start off by just kind of acknowledging the fact right now that there is a virus going around and this is a a time of heightened potential infection. So whether we're talking about cold and flu or we're talking about the big C, not cancer, the big C, um, we want to favorably modulate our immune system. And 
This is an important strategy. It reduces your chance of infection. It also helps strengthen your body. And if you do have an autoimmune condition, it's going to basically fortify your body to, to stay strong, to keep those bad soldiers at bay, modulate your immune system in the proper way so that you don't get an autoimmune flare. Because there is actually a connection between an increased viral load, so cold and flu, and having an autoimmune condition. And we'll get into that. So first of all, uh, recommendations, we're going to get into autoimmune in a second here, but recommendations, first and foremost, we know that there is a, that immunity starts in the gut. There is a gut immune connection. And when we start there and really focus on a healthy gut microbiome, we can automatically improve our immune system. So I like using things, and we'll talk about this in a moment. I like using things like oil of oregano that kills bacteria and parasites, antiviral, it's antifungal, things like silver psyllin, antiviral, antifungal, antibacterial, things like berberine to lower insulin, which is very inflammatory and which also helps with favorable gut microbiota. Now, when I say the gut, I guarantee you automatically think about probiotics. Your mind automatically goes, I'm just going to go use the probiotic. And I want to get into that a little bit more. So while the use of certain probiotic strains have been shown to improve immune function and even help with weight loss, you have to do it in a proper way. So first and foremost, I say you need to cycle your probiotics. Do not be on probiotics every single day. Use spore-based probiotics. So the free download that I gave you actually does not have this in it because it's a relatively new supplement from Designs for Health. It's called ProBioSpore. And this is a spore-based probiotic that makes it all the way to the small intestine. So cycle through spore-based and then regular um, lactobacillus, acidophilus probiotics and incorporate in fermented foods. So again, straight from IFM, specific recommendations for patients is, is letting you know that we need to vary our types of vegetables. I'm not a big fruit fan because fruit is a sugar, but vary the types of vegetables that you're eating and eat fermented vegetables or other probiotic containing foods to maintain epithelial health and gut barrier function. So th think about things like, like sauerkraut, like kimchi, kefir, low sugar kefir, um, bone broth, all of those foods are actually natural probiotics that will help re-inoculate your gut microflora without having to use the same damn probiotic day after day. And please do not think that by eating an over-the-counter grocery store purchased Greek yogurt that you're getting all the probiotics. And do not, do not buy a line or Activia and think that you're going to give your gut the beneficial bacteria that it needs on a daily basis. And in fact, you can do more harm to your gut than good by staying on the same probiotic day after day, month after month, year after year, which I do see with my patients when they first come to me and we have your initial consult. And I have that little section where you put your supplements down and they're putting probiotic since, you know, 2015. So that's not a good thing to do. Do not stay on the same probiotic day after day, month after month, year after year. So what we want to do is use food. We want to use nutrition to balance inflammatory pathways, to reduce your oxidative stress, increase your antioxidant levels, and harmonize the gut microbiome. That is our goal. 
with these natural approaches to boosting immunity and supporting your thyroid function and your Hashimoto's if you have it with with your autoimmune condition because it all goes together and this will absolutely reduce your risk of cold and flu catching and viruses. I'm just going to call it the big C, big C, not cancer. Okay. So balancing inflammatory pathways, I mentioned, and this is specifically all you Hashimoto patients, listen up, take notes. This applies to you. Inflammation and immune responses often occur together in a viral infection. Inflammation and immune responses often occur together in a viral infection. So Hashimoto patients, when you get a virus, you are kicking up your inflammatory cytokines, which will absolutely make your autoimmune condition worse. So with Hashimoto's, maybe you feel it, maybe you don't. You know, you might feel an increase in fatigue. You might feel your clothes fitting tighter because you put weight on because your antibodies are going out, your little soldiers are going out and they're attacking your thyroid and beating up and it just can't work properly. Now, if you have psoriasis, you may actually see, visibly see a psoriatic flare. If you have rheumatoid arthritis, your joints may get into that fire and hurt like they haven't hurt in a long, long time. So inflammation and immune responses often occur together in a viral infection. So when we're looking at inflammation, there are there's a an, an infection, there's a prolonged release of inflammatory mediators. So these are the interleukins, the prostaglandins, tum- tumor necrosis factor alpha, TNF alpha. We've talked about this before. You probably even hear it on those like drug commercials, the, the leukotrienes and the interleukins. All of that ties into inflammatory mediators that may cause system-wide infections, system-wide inflammation. So that's why autoimmune is more prone to, and type 2 diabetes is more prone to the big C or viral infections like the flu in general, because there is an increase in inflammation and there's a low-level chronic inflammatory response that happens that kicks up these inflammatory mediators. So low-level chronic inflammation and activation of the innate immune response are suggested mechanisms for increased risk of lifestyle-induced diseases such as type 2 diabetes. That's why we are seeing an increased risk of the big C with type 2 diabetes and insulin resistance as well as with some autoimmune conditions. We we tiptoe around that because it's not that having autoimmune makes you in that high-risk category of viral infection, but it does... like we said in the very beginning, inflammation and immune responses occur together in a viral infection. So remember that sentence because that kind of pieces it all together without saying you are more at risk if you have Hashimoto's. No, but you have to listen to all this information and piece it together. So that's why we say, you know, lower than inflammatory low. Do not eat a westernized diet. Westernized diet is just nothing but inflammation. So you will get into that inflammatory dietary pattern. It's been an, as uh, identified as one that is high in sugar, sweet, and soft drinks. I'm quoting now from IFM, sugar, sweet, and soft drinks, refined grains, diet soft drinks because of the artificial sweeteners in them and processed meat, but low in, now listen, listen, this is going to make some of you happy. 
So this means that westernized diets, inflammatory dietary patterns are low in wine, coffee, cruciferous vegetables, and yellow vegetables, as I quote from IFM. So that means you can drink your dry farm wines. You can get some resveratrol from your dark red wines that are low in sugar and low in sulfites. You can drink your organic coffee. You can even do your king coffee because the mushrooms are great for your immune system. And you can eat your veggies, but stay away from the soft drinks and the refined grains. And that includes oats. Yes, that includes oats. And that includes your whole wheat, quote unquote, 7, 9, 15 grain bread. And your diet soft drinks. Phase going diet doesn't help the situation whatsoever. Okay, so we know that. I mean, some of this, listen, I know some of this is just, okay, it's second nature. Of course, I need to stay away from grains and sugar, but some people need to hear this two, three, seven times. What's What's the saying? You have to hear it seven times for it to stick. Maybe you have to hear it seven times and maybe you have to hear it in this way as it's impacting your inflammation, as it's making you prone to viruses, and as it may be kicking up an autoimmune response, maybe you have to hear it in a different way rather than just, well, it's bad for you. Well, sugar is bad for you and grains are bad for you and you're going to get fat. I mean, maybe that's not enough, right? To really drive that point home. But when we actually put it in a way that, listen, these foods are going to decrease your immune system. They're going to decrease your immune response to viruses that you are exposed to. And they are going to kick up an autoimmune response. And that's not what we want. That's not what we want. Okay. So we want to eliminate those foods. We want to reduce oxidative stress and increase antioxidant levels. So one of the initial aspects in viral infection is what is referred to as a cytokine storm or an abundance of oxidative stress. This produces damaging free radical compounds, such as the ROSs that we always hear about, reactive oxygen species. So in order to, so when you think about cytokine storms, this can, cytokine storm can kick up any autoimmune response and back and forth. And when you have an autoimmune response, it can kick up a cytokine storm. So in this cytokine storm, that is the initial aspect of a viral infection. So we want to reduce food-derived oxidative compounds and fortify the body's reserves of antioxidants. Really focusing on, again, going back to that westernized diet, reducing your carbon sugar intake, reducing inflammation, reducing foods that can kick up inflammation. If you want to grill your steak, please do not grill it till it's dead, till you are like charcoal black on the outside. Do not cook in the bad poofas and in canola oil and vegetable oil. Don't even cook in olive oil at a high heat because that produces carcinogenic compounds. Use high heat cooking oils for high heat cooking. If you want to fry up some sweet potato fries, then use coconut oil. Use avocado oil. Those are your high heat oils. Stay away from the canola and the vegetables and the poofas because poofas go poof and they create carcinogenic compounds, which is going to increase your oxidative stress, and it's going to increase your risk of that cytokine storm and inflammation. Now you can use certain spices and herbs. You can use nuts, seeds, chocolate. Hello. So I have now said wine, coffee, and chocolate. So just, I mean, you have to be happy right now, right? Um, Dry farm wines. We'll put a link to the dry farm wines link where you can get a penny bottle. So dry farm wines, chocolate, 
dark chocolate, organic dark chocolate. Yes. And organic coffee. So you can have your chocolate and eat it too. And then using spices like cloves, dried oregano, ground ginger, ground cinnamon, which is good for your blood sugar, turmeric, which is great for inflammation, curcumin and turmeric. Now, if you're not into using the spice turmeric, you can use something like Organifi Gold or Organifi Gold Chocolate, which also is not in that supplement list. I need to update that for you, but I'll put a link in the show notes for Organifi because uh, if you're listening to this, I know I'm dating, I'm updating this. So if you're listening to this podcast after December 28th, I'm sorry, but on December 28th and December 29th of 2020, the year from hell, you get 20% off all Organifi by going to Organifi.com and using the code FIX. And you can try the Organifi Gold and the Organifi Gold Chocolate because this makes this warm, comforting, yummy drink that I have at night and it calms down inflammation. So I'm going to totally side note this. I'm going to side note this right now. I had a halo laser treatment on last Tuesday and I don't think you can't see the redness of my face. You can see the halo glow a little bit, right? My face was on fire. I mean, it was like when people say it's like a sunburn, they're wrong. It's like a sunburn where then you have a bad sunburn and then you stand in front of a heater. Like my face. So I drank Organifi Gold and Organifi Gold chocolate drinks every single night to decrease the inflammation. I got to tell you, it worked. Like, listen, I'm six days later and my face is no longer swole and red. I mean, I was fire engine. You should say, but it's so good for your skin. Halo laser, really good for your skin. Um, also PRP treatments and uh, I'm totally sidestepping, aren't I now? PRP and uh, microneedling, which my nurse practitioner also does because she's just beautiful and she's the man on my skin too. So I'm all about anti-aging. Thank you. I'm all about anti-aging and doing things for your skin. So in addition to keeping your immune system healthy, do things to lower inflammation. So Whoa, I got off on a rabbit hole there. Coming on back, coming back to the immune system. Here we go. But using compounds like curcumin and turmeric, the Organifi Gold, the Organifi Gold Chocolate, all lowers inflammation and lowers that inflammatory response. We talked about the probiotic use, your incessant use of probiotics on a daily basis, and your horrible use of Align and Activia. No, you don't want to use that on a daily basis. We want to harmonize the gut microbiome. So like we said earlier, you want to cycle your probiotics. You want to add in fermented foods. You want to add in those foods that make your gut happy. So the gastrointestinal tract harbors a majority of immune system activity. We know that. So it is essential to keep it nourished with the necessary nutrients for a healthy gut microbiome. We want to use things like real yogurt, like the Siggy, you know, what's that real, like honest to God, organic from New Zealand, cows, grass-fed, fermented yogurt, kefir, kimchi, miso, and sauerkraut. Sometimes eating some raw sauerkraut is great. Kombucha is great. If you like the taste of it, I like it. I think it's fantastic. But even with kombucha, you don't want to do the same one every day. You don't want to just get the trilogy and do that every single day. Because again, that's doing the same thing every single day. You're getting the same digestive enzymes and probiotics day in and day out, day in and day out, and your gut will get used to it. Remember, you have trillions and trillions of gut flora, of good gut flora in your microbiome. So we want to cycle through those strains. We want different strains. Just like we want to eat different foods, we want to have different strains of probiotics and prebiotics coming in to properly inoculate 
and and harmonize the gut. I'm going to say that right here, this is a big one, fermented foods, such as the ones I just said, but I'll repeat them. Yogurt, kefir, kimchi, miso, and sauerkraut may provide microorganisms and secondary metabolites, such as alkyl catechols, that may help with immune response and even reduce the incidence and duration of respiratory infections. What are we seeing right now? Cold, flu, big C, pneumonia, respiratory infections. And with those respiratory infections, you are at risk of being put on a ventilator. That's what we are seeing through our hospital systems right now. So we want to reduce that. So eat your fermented foods and cycle your probiotics to keep a healthy gut. And if you are using something like berberine, if you are using that and you're getting a GI response from that, you're getting loose stools, you're getting a little bit of nausea, that is your gut saying you need some gut help here. It's not that you're intolerant to berberine. It's actually a sign. So the same thing goes for metformin. Berberine and metformin do beneficial things with the gut. I've studied this. I've looked into it. I know metformin has gotten a bad rap in the media, but berberine and metformin work very, very well on insulin resistance, type 2 diabetes, but they also re-inoculate the gut in a beneficial way. So if you are a non-responder to metformin and then you step down even to berberine and you still can't take that because of a GI response, that is your body screaming at you that you need to do some gut healing. You might need to add in the oil of oregano and kill off some parasites. You might need to do a GI map to see what the heck is going on and to get those strains of probiotics mapped out as to what you're low in and what you're high in, what your diversity rate and percentage is. You might need to add in some silver psyllin. You might need to push through on that berberine at one per day to re-inoculate your gut and do a nice gut healing protocol. You might need to add in some GI revive or tegracel colostrum to help to soothe the gut and to start healing, healing, healing that gut barrier function. That was a side note too, but for those of you who cannot tolerate berberine, we might need to heal your gut a little bit and adding in those different foods will definitely help. The Thyroid Fix podcast is sponsored by Designs for Health. So here's why I love Designs for Health products. They are family owned and operated. Everything is made in the USA. They haven't sold out to a big corporation or company like Nestle or Bayer or Amway. Like so many of the used to be pretty darn good supplement companies have done. They are still family owned and operated. They have a physician on staff for practitioners to call in and ask questions to, which is phenomenal. Their philosophy is science first. So they make sure that their products actually do what they're supposed to do. And that's key. If you're taking a vitamin D, you want to see your vitamin D levels go up. If you're taking one of my favorite berberine supplements, you want to see your fasting glucose and your A1C go down. And you will see that with these products. Quit buying from Amazon, quit buying from Walmart. You want designs for health products because they are backed by science. I promise you that. So down in the show notes, we will have the link to order Designs for Health supplements. They always give you free shipping. And if you use the code that we will put down there and it's your first order, so the code is FIRST20 now, use that code and that gets you 20% off your first order. Let me know how you like them. Dietary diversity. That's what we were just talking about. So you really want to diversify your gut, not just with the gut microbiome. You want to diversify your diet because the more diverse 
the diet, the microbiome will be, the more adaptable that will be to infections and inflammation. So varying your diet, just like I say with fasting, I always tell you that fasting is fantastic when you do it according to how you feel. If you wake up and you are genuinely not hungry, don't eat. If you wake up and you are hungry, then please do not type A your way past 18 to 20 hours of fast because you planned it out that day. I want you to listen to your body, but intermittent fasting, going through times of intermittent fasting, and then maybe a refeed day where you increase the amount of calories and carbs and, and food that you're taking in is fantastic. It's also fantastic for your growth hormone levels, but it's fantastic for your gut. Diversifying your foods. Yes, if you like meat, that's fine. Do grass-fed meat one day and do some grass-fed steak the next day. And then maybe throw in some free-range chicken and then throw in uh, some salmon, wild-caught, wild-caught salmon, uh, wild caught scallops, you know, diversify your protein sources and also diversify the foods that you're eating so that you can, I mean, like I said, don't do trilogy kombucha every single day, even grab the, the green one. I like the trilogy, grab the green one, grab, um, the Dr. Kombucha that tastes like Dr. Pepper, just vary it up. So you're getting different strains and diversify your diet and also consider carb cycling. So if you are like me and you are on a low carb ketogenic diet, then consider carbohydrate cycling so that maybe one day you are a little bit lower and one day you're higher. And not only will that get you out of that. And some of you have to stay low for a little while to get into ketosis and then you can start carb cycling. But I even mean going from, if you're staying under 20 grams of carbs per day, um, because you are working at reversing your diabetes, maybe one or two days a week, you do bump up to 50, 60, even 70 carbs, and then you drop back down. So diet variation and dietary cycling or carb cycling is very, very beneficial. A big one. Now here's the big one. Here's the big one. We touched on it last week. (sighs) Stress. Right now, everybody is really stressed out and stress pounds your immune system. It pounds your immune system. And this is how Hashimoto's autoimmune stress and the big C virus ties together. And really even the other big C in terms of cancer. We have seen in studies that an exposure to a stress response, a stress response in response to a situation, a very, very stressful situation can flip on that cancer gene. So as we're all sitting around with cancer cells, we all have that cancer mutation somewhere in our body. There is a cell that is mutated and isn't happy under a very, very stressful situation. Our genes can turn on. So stress, both acute and chronic stress can result in dysregulated suppressed immune function. So this is going to tie into your predisposition for catching viruses and colds, as well as to your autoimmune kicking up. So those of you who are in an autoimmune flare, and we talked about that earlier, whether it's Hashimoto's and your thyroid is downregulating, you're experiencing more hypo symptoms, whether it's RA and your joints are inflamed, whether it's psoriasis, you're getting a breakout. Whatever that autoimmune is, when you suppress your immune function, you're going to get an autoimmune flare. Now, this is not the same as using immune suppressive medication for autoimmune. This is where your innate immunity downregulates and you start to get an uptick in autoimmune diseases. 
um, RA, type 1, Hashi. So deregulated, dysregulated innate immunity is increasingly common and has been shown to contribute to a wide range of diseases, including autoimmune disease. That's straight from IFM as well. So when we tie this all together, if our immune system is, is dysregulated, if our immune function is suppressed, we are going to have an upregulation, an uptick, and a flare in autoimmune diseases, as well as be more susceptible to normal colds and flus and viruses. Some degree of stress may be healthy for normal functioning and even beneficial for immunity. While chronic low-level stress without resolution or coping behaviors may suppress immune function, chronic low-level stress without resolution or coping behaviors. So right now, we don't know when this is going to be resolved. We see some light, right? I see some light at the end of the tunnel. We don't know when all of this is going to be resolved. So we need to incorporate some coping behaviors because without it, you're going to suppress your immune function. So actually now we're seeing the field of um, psychoneuroimmunology come up. And this is actually, it was created decades ago, but now we're seeing a, a, definitely an increase in the awareness of what it is if you never heard of it, right? Now you're hearing about it because... We are acknowledging the effects of psychological stress on health conditions, primarily through the mechanism of increased inflammation. So stress increases inflammation, decreases the immune system, and basically sets us up for autoimmune flares as well as other disease states like cancer, like cold, like flu, like viruses. It's now well established that these stress states can significantly alter not just wound healing, but exacerbate inflammatory immune states such as autoimmune disease, asthma, and allergy. This is right from IFM. I'll read it to you again. It's now well established that these stress states at low-level chronic stress without resolution or coping behaviors can significantly alter wound healing and exacerbate inflammatory immune states, inflammatory immune states such as autoimmune disease. They've also been implicated in the morbidity and mortality seen in diseases of immune dysregulation. So morbidity and mortality seen in diseases of immune dysregulation. That's why there is an at-risk group. That's why we are seeing some 30-year-olds and 40-year-olds die from the virus because they're in that, not all of them, but they're in that group most likely of immune dysregulation. And type 2 diabetes is one of them. Yes. Cancer, HIV, inflammatory bowel disease, another one. More specifically, chronic stress is associated with increased risk of viral infection like the common cold. Common cold is also a coronavirus. Furthermore, stress affects both respiratory disease, susceptibility, and severity. So we are seeing that stress is going to increase your risk of respiratory infections, such as what's going on right now. So stress is immunosuppressive. Stress is immunosuppressive. Stress causes immune dysregulation or an inappropriate response. It shifts our TH1 and TH2 cytokine balance toward the TH2 side. That's not what we want. Resulting in lower defense against infection and increasing hypersensitivity diseases. For example, even a brief mental stress condition in healthy adults can significantly reduce Treg cells, resulting in less self-tolerance and greater propensity toward autoimmune conditions. So that, that stress moment, and listen, we all have stress moments, right? You're not going to stop that. You're going to have moments of stress, a brief mental stress condition and healthy adult. Come on, you might have that daily, but when that is, when it's prolonged, 
when it goes on and on, when you're in a bad situation and then you have the weight of the world on you, you're going to need to find some coping mechanisms. You're going to need to incorporate in those things that we all talk about, like yoga and meditation and deep breathing and breathing exercises and heart rate variability feedback and, and tapping and EMDR therapy, talking to people. We're going to get into the social connection here in a moment. But we know that stress is going to increase your risk of contracting disease. It's also going to increase autoimmune flares and inflammation. It's going to result in less self-tolerance and greater propensity toward autoimmune conditions. So stress alone can turn on your autoimmune switch. Well, one of my patients, right, who says to me, you know, my Hashimoto's, I think, I think it just seems like it came on after pregnancy. It seems like it came on after my divorce. Pregnancy is a stress. Divorce is definitely a stress. It really seems like, you know, after my mom died, that's when, man, my body went haywire. Yes, stress turns on autoimmunity. It flips that switch on. So we know that. We absolutely know that. Second, the hypothalamus pituitary adrenal axis. We always talk about cortisol in regards to thyroid. So the HPA axis produces glucocorticoids like cortisol. Long-term secretion of these compounds can lead to lower pro-inflammatory cytokines, which are needed at the start of infection, and eventually higher risk for infection, inflammatory-based diseases, accelerated aging, and even early mortality. So stress causes the increase in cortisol which also interferes with the thyroid and interferes with your immune response, your immune response. That's why we have to add in those things like meditation, Tai Chi, mindfulness, yoga, Qigong, relaxation, breath. It's going to result in a favorable gene expression pattern that benefits immune regulation. The inability to regulate emotional states, I'm quoting again, the inability to regulate emotional states and liable mood have been associated with immune system suppression and virus shedding. So what are we seeing virus shedding? We're seeing virus shedding right now in the PCR positive tests for the big C. So those PCR tests are, are picking up viral shedding. Even the, the, the quickie tests, the rapid tests, um, that's picking up that, that viral shedding. And when it goes all the way down, they're like right here in your nose. That's why you can get a, a positive quickie test if you've been shedding for a while. And that's why you can get a, a negative quickie test if you haven't been shedding it for a while. But viral shedding is also why we're seeing people test positive twice. It's not that they actually contracted the virus twice. It's that they've been shedding for 60 and 90 days. So the inability to regulate emotional states and liable mood have been associated with immune system suppression and increased virus shedding. Okay, I won't hang out too long on that. We got to move on. Sleep, sleep, sleep. This is why melatonin is used to improve the immune system. You get into a deeper sleep. Melatonin does upregulate the immune system. It is absolutely fantastic to use on a nightly basis. If you saw when President Trump, sorry if you're listening to this in like 2022, but if you saw when President Trump went into the hospital, one of the treatments for the big C for him was the use of melatonin. They actually put it on the news. It was like written out. It was beautiful. The use of melatonin. So sleep, melatonin increases immune system. Um, there's substantial evidence to suggest that sleep disturbances such as insomnia or lack of quality sleep or even one night of reduced sleep. I hate hearing these because they freak me out because we all have bad sleep once in a while. One night of reduced sleep is associated with disturbances in the innate immune system due to disruptions in the circadian homeostasis of inflammatory cytokines and in the activities 
of immune cell subpopulations. Viral infections may present with symptoms such as fever and pain that may interfere with sleep patterns. So here we have this back and forth where you get a virus. Now your sleep is screwed up. Now your sleep is screwed up. Now you have an increased inflammation. Now you're having going to have an increased autoimmune response because of this increased inflammation, which is going to put you more at risk for increased respiratory infections. Ah, it's just a big mess. So just get sleep. You have to get sleep one way or another. There's been so many studies that indicate greater inflammatory cytokines occurring with shorter sleep duration. So that's defined as less than five or six hours a night compared to seven to eight hours a night. Their best sleep is between 1030 and 230, 1030 p.m. and 230 a.m. So I encourage you to get to sleep, take your melatonin. And by the way, you can take increased melatonin. You don't have to stop at three. If you took three and you're like, that didn't work at all, then take six, then take nine. We, we see up to 20 milligrams per night used safely. Um, now, 20 milligrams per night are probably used short term. We would eventually want to get you. You know what? I even take that back. Now we're, we're, we're using high-dose melatonin for the treatment of the big C. So I can't necessarily say that you have to stop at 20. We can actually go probably up to 20 safely on a nightly basis. And we're also using high-dose melatonin for migraines. Okay, so if you want to download the supplement cheat sheet, I want to go over supplements really quickly. Of course, vitamin D. There's thing, vitamin D, high vitamin D is actually better than a mask at preventing you from catching a cold or virus. Uh, so vitamin D, I like 80 or more. Between 70 and 80 is the functional medicine optimal range. Has to be paired with K for proper absorption. So the rule of thumb is 10,000 IUs of vitamin D per day will raise your vitamin D by 10 points. 20,000 IUs per day for one month, taken consistently for a month, will raise your vitamin D by 20 points. So depending on where you are and where you fall, and we also know that good vitamin D levels are associated with weight loss too, FYI, good vitamin D levels um, are absolutely imperative for immune system function, imperative, imperative, imperative. Um, quercetin and nettles, quercetin has been shown to have antiviral effects about, uh, against both RNA, which is influenza and coronavirus, and DNA viruses like the herpes virus. So quercetin plays a role. It's an antioxidant, anti-inflammatory, modulating signaling pathways that are associated with post-transcriptional modulators affecting post-viral healing. So you can use this pre and post-infection. All of oregano kills everything powerful antioxidant, intestinal cleansing. It maintains a healthy microbial balance. Um, it, it just, oregano oil is absolutely amazing at killing everything. I will take a handful of D and a handful of oregano oil of oregano if I start to feel like a little tickle. Uh, Immunomod A is more for, this is a, a product, all of these products are designed for health, except, you know, I said about Organifi for the curcumin. But Immunomod A, it's actually... Um, formulated to help balance a healthy inflammatory response. This is more for autoimmune conditions. So I use Immunomod A. It does have um, curcumin in it for anti-inflammatory response, but I like Immunomod A for autoimmune. Stellar C, vitamin C. So we pair vitamin C up when you're taking iron to get your ferritin levels up. If you're taking ferritin iron, we need to pair that with vitamin C, but um, high vitamin C levels, it, it's absolutely fantastic for immune function. This is going to be in the list. If you ask a nurse, go ask your local nurse, not even functional, right? She's going to say vitamin C, vitamin D, zinc, right? Those are going to be your basics across the board for immune function. Silver psyllin, I mentioned this earlier, colloidal silver. So colloidal silver kills everything too. So I mentioned that I got the, the um, 
the halo, right? And I was on fire and I used the colloidal silver mist. Uh, oh my gosh, it just like took down the inflammation so well and it killed bacteria because even as my esthetician said, it kills everything. It's going to kill the bacteria that's going to cause you to break out after a laser treatment. It's a, you can put it on acne. If you have acne, you get the silver cylinder, you can put it on little, your little acne pimples to improve because it's going to kill everything. But it really kills everything and you can take it internally. So we use this for candida. We use it to boost the immune system. We use it to kill stuff in the gut. SPM Supreme, these are pro-resolving mediators. This is designed to help support the body's natural ability to respond to physical challenge and resolve the initial steps in the natural inflammatory response. This resolution of a healthy inflammatory response is an active process controlled by these unique metabolites. So SPM Supreme is made by Designs for Health as well. And these have modulators, pro-resolving mediators and modulators in them for your immune system. Allicillin, garlic. Now, I can't take the allicillin because garlic and onions, mm -mm, not even in supplemental form. Nope, 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 nope. Not at all. But some people um, can take it and they can digest it. And this, these are enterically coated to reduce the stronger like odor and for you burping up garlic. Who wants to do that? But garlic is known to garlic oil has been known to improve the immune system as well. And the big one is zinc. So zinc, we know we, we need zinc for a healthy thyroid function. We need it for our hair. We definitely need it for our immune system function. So you really want zinc. I use the zinc supreme. There's some other nutrients in there like B6 and taurine, just all blend together, really boost the immune system. And then melatonin, we talked about that. Uh, melatonin has been shown to have an inhibitory effect on the NLRP3 inflammasome. This has not gone unnoticed by the COVID-19 research community with two recent published papers proposing the use of melatonin as a therapeutic agent in the treatments of patients with the big C. And then we have res resveratrol. Say that five times fast. Resveratrol. Resveratrol. This is what's in your dry farm red wine. Polyphenols, beneficial health effects, modulates the NLRP3 inflammasome as well. And it also, in addition, resveratrol was shown to have in vitro activity against MERS Cove. MERS Cove. We're just going to, we're not going to say the big C word, right? We're not going to say it. Uh, but certain coronaviruses that, um, so we know that the common cold is the coronavirus. We know that SARMs, right? Was the coronavirus, the bird flu, avian flu, right? Isn't that the same thing? Anyways, digressing. Resveratrol, shown to have in vitro activity against MERS Cove. And then berberine, 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 berberine. So it reduces glucose and insulin levels, reduces conditions with increased ACE2 receptors, making a person more susceptible. So in, in high insulin, high inflammation, kicking up of the immune system, kicking up autoimmune conditions. So we don't want inflammation. We don't want inflammation. We want to keep inflammation low. Okay. We've done it all. We've gone over it all. We've tied in your immune system. We've tied in stress. We've tied in Hashimoto's. We've tied in autoimmune. And then finally hope. So through all of this, really the big takeaway I think that we found here, you know, besides the gut microbiome and dietary diversity, really that's stress. I mean, stress is just screaming screaming increased inflammation, increased autoimmune response, increased susceptibility to respiratory infections and viruses.
present in today. So we got to have hope, right? You have to have hope. If you are right now frustrated and you're down on yourself and you know, it is the holidays and some of you may have lost somebody. I get it. Lost my mom just a month ago. The holidays are going to suck. They're going to be hard. And there is that stress load. You know, I didn't get into the social aspect, but that is a piece to um, social isolation, loneliness uh, that actually reduces immune function as well. And we are in a time right now that people are socially isolated and they're not getting the support that they need. So stress is increased. Depression rates are increased. Immune systems are decreased. So it's almost like this big negative feedback loop where people are isolated and they're not getting the support that they need and and they're isolated more and their stress is up and depression is up and their immune system goes down and then they catch it and we're wondering why there's increased rates right now, right? So you need to support each other and you need to have hope. I want you to know that for your If you are dealing with certain disease states, weight gain, inflammation, pain, um, depression, anxiety, sleep disturbances, lack of energy, you're not feeling like yourself, you're not feeling like yourself when you look in the mirror, that's not the person that's looking back at you, that you know oh so well from years ago, there is hope, I promise you there is hope. If you have to go back and listen to my podcast, listen to the one where I interviewed my patient. Erin, she gives her full testimonial. And so many of you reached out after that and said, oh my gosh, she sounds exactly like me. My point in doing that is to give you that hope that you need because without hope, hope deferred makes the heart sick. Without hope, you are going to lower your immune system. So at the end of the day, I want your stress levels down. I want you to have hope that you can get better. I promise you, you can. I see it all the time. I work with patients. I work with new patients. I don't even know how many new patients right now that we're fixing and, and we're giving their lives back to. It's just absolutely amazing. It's incredible. It gives me hope. It gives me happiness. When I get a text message from a patient, they've achieved a goal. They feel better. Their pain is down. They can feel their feet again. All of that just gives me such joy and such hope. And that's what I want you to have right now in this season. And hope will increase your immune system. It will boost your immune system. I promise that seems so simple and silly, but it will. And I promise you it will. Thank you so much for listening to the Thyroid Fix podcast. As always, please share this with anyone that you know that needs this information. And I guarantee you there's a lot of people out there and in your life who do. If you would please take a moment to write a review on Apple Podcasts, that would be much appreciated. I read all of them. Also, please remember that anything that you hear on this podcast is not intended to diagnose or treat. So you always want to check with your doctor about any advice given that you hear on this podcast. And if you would like to book a discovery call, a free discovery call to go over everything that's going on with you and to go over how I can help you, please go to my website at amyhorneman.com. The link is always in the show notes and click on book a call. Choose a time and a day that's right for you. And we will see how we can help you. Thanks for listening.